0: The Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood back for another week, fellas. I mean, there's just so much to talk about, and it's all about Brian's favorite topic, Lamar Jackson. Will he get the exclusive tag banks, or will he get the non-exclusive tag? Your thoughts.
1: Well, I want to jump into something else first here. Um, (laughs) Are we no longer the only Baltimore podcast to do – Anything? Are there just they are have just, for a while? Is the market oversaturated, where all the all the podcasts do all these things that we do? Uh, so
0: here's so here's can I can I give an official statement on that? I you know in light of some of okay. the stuff going on with the Fox News lawsuit, you know with you know lying on air and things like that, I don't feel comfortable you know coming on here and claiming that without <laughs> the proper research, and I simply don't have time to go through every Baltimore podcast, no disrespect to any of those podcasts to define that. Yeah. To, to to define that we're the only Baltimore podcast to do things I've run out of some unique things. I guess I could do a better job thinking of them. Maybe I could solicit them in some way, but I've just sort of, you know, opened it and wanted to get to the point. I think that's a fair, it's a fair point to bring up. Uh, But at this point I I have to, you know, I have to make sure, you know, I'm not lying about anybody else. I don't want to get a sued, especially in our new era, you know, we're, we're you know breaking new ground. We're doing new things, and um, that's that's sort of where I stand at the moment. But I'm I'm willing to hear an argument to or trying to you know think of more things that we we're the only Baltimore podcast to do. I also now have to you know have Jake and Spenny's you know you know in the back of my head on that stuff as well because I need to know things that they do. So you know we now have two more people added to this mix.
2: As the as the running running Bix tonight being the producer, you are free to comment on any and everything you want. So just wanted to put that out there.
0: <laughs> yeah. you're giving off big um jake i might big, i might say like, you're behind the glass on these i i've always wanted to say someone's behind the glass i'm just
1: gonna say you're behind
0: the.
2: technically glass. i am i, I don't know yeah. if the screen is actual glass but maybe fiberglass there you go
1: he's giving off big tennis vibes right now
2: yeah yeah I mean, yeah there's
0: a
1: very tennis look to this
2: yeah like, i gotta get you, into you into look my, like uh, you're in the
1: fourth set just sweating one out get
2: i'm gonna right get into a. Uh, am gonna yeah. get into like some some curios care i'm gonna you know, bring the curious energy and just start cussing you out and like bitching about somebody up in the stands and, you know, that whole thing. That's fair. I'm yeah, here that's for fair. It. But yeah, that's, that's, that's
0: where I sort of am on that, on that Brian to, to, to outside
1: advice. counsel on this.
0: Look, I have my own personal team of advisors. I'm not going to speak on who those people are, but I, yeah.
1: But then what the hell do we keep legal on retainer for?
0: Well, that's, that's worth, that's worth a further exploration. I would like to talk about that offline and not on the air. And there he goes. I mean, that, 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 that tells you all you need to know about this guy. That tells you all you need to know about this guy. That's he me now? It's my fault? Now he's, That's now not he's coming the, back.
1: the guy behind That's the, the cool. glasses' fault?
0: No, he, he looks crystal clear to me. Absolutely crystal clear. You, on the other hand, freezing as you normally do.
1: I don't even want to be around anymore.
0: And there you have it. <laughs> I mean, there it pretty much <laughs> is.
1: Um,
0: on that note, uh, RDT, I'll throw it to you first. What would you do with Lamar Jackson for the Ravens tomorrow four o'clock? What would I do? You are already
3: <laughs> I would. I would. I would cut him. I would say thanks for everything, and I would let him go. I think that's in the best interest of not only the team but the player as well. Um, you know, sometimes grass is greener. I think we. I think you let him go. I really do. Um, that's again. That's just me. If I if I in a football team um, no I mean I you know I, I think we all know what they're gonna do they're gonna put one of the tags on them whether what is it the exclusive for the non-exclusive um, i I think it has to happen they're not just gonna let them walk um and and you know again we see where it goes from there and and i I am just expecting tomorrow to just be kind of a war zone on Twitter I don't really know what to expect but I don't think it's going to be it's just going to be a lot of bickering it's going to be a lot of like I don't know it's going to happen but yeah that's uh it, it it's going to be a wild day I think the second he's tied. It, it,
0: it's it's pretty interesting so obviously you know this has been a weird week for the Ravens um you know Jake Spenny and, and Banks really you know, went over it last week on on the day of kind of everything coming with Rashad Bateman and Eric DeCosta on Twitter and then the strength coach situation. And, and, and it seemed like the organization, you know, he had a lot of like falling apart at the seams uh, discussion. And I would go back to that podcast if you're a listener um, to hear those guys' thoughts. And I don't think we need to rehash a ton of that now, you know, a few days on, but how this is presented tomorrow, I think, will be an interesting piece of it because, you know, we have stated, you know, and and on our show about how exasperated we are at times about talking about this. I was NFL Live was on on our TV in the office today, and Lewis Riddick and Orlovsky were talking about it, and they almost seemed exasperated by the situation. And they have nothing to do with it. I think everyone would just like some sort of resolution, and then there could be a next step taken, not in really the actual, you know, what's happening with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, but just in like the overall discourse talking about this there's at least some finality to like what his the next three months looks like whether it's the franchise tag and they try to trade him or the non-exclusive and other teams can 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 negotiate with him. and and lewis riddick on on nfl live was just like they should just put the non-exclusive tag on him like if they're just never going to come to a deal like see maybe he goes in the open market and finds it maybe he doesn't and like see what the open market says which i thought was a pretty interesting take um but at this point, you know, we're kind of waiting towards four o'clock and we're talking about it now. Some of this discussion we're having will be irrelevant once four o'clock comes tomorrow and there's a decision made. So um, that kind of is what it is. But I think there's just an overall exasperation that we've discussed in the past that continues to come up and there will be some now resolution tomorrow, and that will happen. I also I think they will put the exclusive tag on them as well.
1: I think it'll be exclusive, but the fact that the non exclusive keeps being talked about so much makes me think it might not be as sure of a thing as as I'd hoped. I mean, I'm hoping that that's at least what they do in order to just kind of keep all the noise to a minimum and keep, you know, Lamar kind of in their corner in terms of how they're able to negotiate with him and everything. Um, But this whole non-exclusive thing has opened up all kinds of questions in terms of how the whole thing even works. I feel like a lot of, there's a billion articles out there. If you Google that explains how the franchise works, how franchise tag works and how the exclusive tag and the non-exclusive tags are different. And then it just talks about how you get two first round picks without even explaining what are some stipulations that come with that first round pick um, compensation. So I remember Googling it maybe two months ago to really drill down on what the scenarios are. If a team doesn't have first round picks this year or next year or the timing of it. So if it happens before the draft, you get the, like the picks coming up to the draft right away or is it the picks next year all of it i'm like surprised how many people and they they do it annually they do these articles where they explain it and then they don't explain it further enough or like in a practical manner to address what these scenarios are if these weird things happen and then somebody made a great point and i'm constantly thinking of these little loopholes of things where we could get screwed in this whole thing um but somebody suggested with the Ravens cap situation, like what's to stop a team from offering him a f- very front loaded contract with a salary cap number that makes it virtually impossible for the Ravens to match it because they have to match the exact offer. I think that the the opposing team um, makes him. So in that sense, if you put him out on the market with a non-exclusive tag, you are giving any contending team um, for services, the ability to, structure contracts and way to, to discourage us from accepting it or matching it. So that's just a whole road. You don't want to go down whatsoever. And I was asking about, okay, what's keep a team from trading those first round picks before the a d- a deal is finalized so that they don't have any first round picks until like 26 or 27. Um, and kind of leave the Ravens with nothing for it for a few years. So like, I just think there's all kinds of inherent risk with the, the idea of putting him out there with the ability to negotiate with other teams, um, that manner, um, as well as the obvious of hey he should be worth more than first two first round picks. Um, so I'm just hopeful for the exclusive tag, and then we can kind of narrow down the realm of possibilities and hopefully get something done one way or another, whether it be trade or extend. So, um, you have like, a, like we've all said, there's upgated, a lot of exasperation surrounding it. So
3: An updated percentage? What um,
1: in terms of just like week one quarterback, will it be Lamar Jackson? hmm Is that the question?
3: Yes. yes. Correct.
1: I think there is a 33%. Three repeating, of course. Chance, he's the Week One quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. The repeating number. Interesting move. An interesting
0: move. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think. I think. No, I think you're spot on there. I think that, in terms of your, you know, ability to get the most out of a trade, this sort of this this and and what the first-round picks are out of this This in this scenario, but, like, this reminds me a little bit of restricted free agency in the NBA where you have, like, the matching offer sheet and blah, 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 and then the team can match. Now, sometimes you do that because you, I think if you're an NBA team, you feel like maybe you're just hoping that, you know, the, the price doesn't go above yours and you can just come back and match. The problem for the Ravens is, like, if someone's willing to give Lamar the contract he wants, they don't want to match it. So, like, they can't even play that game necessarily of being like, you know, this could be just a little out of our price range, and maybe we'll decide to pay that. Or when he goes in the open market, it fits in our price range. I think a team is going to would be desperate enough—not even necessarily desperate. This is a incredible asset you could go get to go meet his demands. I mean, Cleveland met Deshaun Watson's demands. You're telling me there's not one of these other teams that's going to come in and figure this out? I think someone is going to walk up to him with a blanket. Why would the New York Jets not do that? Like, why would they not? I think Orlovsky kind of said this in NFL Live when I was half listening. They should drive down that day drive down to Baltimore and or wherever he is in Florida and be like, here it is, Lamar. Like, were you away from making a, a, a splash in the NFL and being good for the first time in 10 years? And and here's our opportunity to get this guy for a reduced price. Like, you'd give up these first – he's worth those picks. Like, if he's an MVP, he's worth all of those picks. Like, not even, not even a question. So to me, that – well, you're right, Banks. There has been seemingly more rumblings about them putting the non-exclusive tag. And maybe the Ravens have canvassed the league. Maybe they feel like they have a super good read on what everybody else is thinking and blah, 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 blah. Could be. But I think, yeah, I think you're taking a huge risk of losing an asset that if you franchise with the exclusive tag, you can then you know, figure out a way to deal you know, for a bigger package if you feel like you can't get a deal with them. Um, the concerning part to me is in all of this time, and I, you know, I watched a ton of combine this week. We had a bunch of Maryland guys in the combine, so I'm consuming a ton of combine. And at one point, I think it was Peter King, and say what you want about Peter King. Peter King's on the thing, and he's like, you know, in a normal negotiation with X, Y, or Z player, this would have been a weekend where, you know, their agent cozies up to the GM or the GM cozies up to the agent and says, like, let's make some progress. Let's go to the you know this bar in Indianapolis. Let's go to wherever we have to go and, and kind of hammer this out. Lamar Jackson once again, you know, and you know this is the way he's going about it. Has no ability for that to happen. So the Ravens and and you know, a, you know, I've been in Indianapolis during the combine. Like you just walk around and everybody in the NFL is there. Like they're just sitting in hotel lobbies. It's 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 you know it's one of the biggest you know collection, maybe the biggest of all league executives and coaches and scouts and all and agents and all these different people and like. Barring something that is different from everything we understand, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens didn't have any of those sort of backroom conversations without him in the room, and so it's like, you know, his team or them. So it's like, is this? Are they going to get any closer once they put the franchise tag on him? To me, this continues to feel like they're, you know, they're moving towards a a, a deal not getting done. I, I think it it goes out. Yeah, I mean, this is you know for you know the podcast listeners. Yeah, just to talk on on NFL Network, just Anderson talking about growing sense that he's gonna, there's gonna be a trade, um, and Eisen saying from what he's heard, it's not pretty between both two two parties. But this is kind, I think that the Eisen's comment is kind of what we thought, like that there's not necessarily like a ton of understanding between those two things. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because this, this is where this this is you knew some new news was going to come out at the combine because this is where everybody gets together. I mean, this is this is and and nothing positive. I was waiting for like a po- the positive like, and there was the one like, da Costa flew to Florida or whatever that like they met in some capacity, but like coming out of that, there was no like, ooh, the Ravens. And if you're the Ravens, you, I mean, maybe you are would. I don't know. I'm speaking for them. I feel like somebody involved would want there to be positive news, if only to like, if you're the Ravens, maybe to satiate the fan base a little bit who were riled up three days before with all the stuff going on. I, there's just no, there's been no positive news on this front for a long time.
3: And, and like I said, everything that, that we just saw those quotes, like you said, the eyes and like, it's pretty, I think we all kind of thought that the second that like going into the season again, like the stuff like this doesn't just go away and it doesn't seeming a lot of times it doesn't just get better. Cause again, now there, I mean, you had a whole season that was kind of like back and forth. They're like, well, we offered this, and he said no, and then this happened, and then he got hurt, and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, of course it's not going to be pretty. And, you know, there's going to be um, – it's going to be hostile between the two, again, especially just with, with the injury and then, again, you know, the playoff game and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's like that – it's not surprising that that stuff came out after the combine because, like you said, that's where everybody is. Everyone's talking. Everyone's grabbing and getting it. Yeah, well, you know, I heard this and I, well, I heard this and, you know, I was talking to blah, blah, who told me that he saw this person there and he said this about Lamar. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, again, I know there were, again, the people on Twitter were shitting all over, you know, like, oh, this is no new news and all that stuff. And it's like, no, but again, it's not people. I think people just think like they're going to wake up one morning and it's like, Lamar accepted. We're one happy family. He's going to be here for another six or seven years. It's like, I, I don't, I don't know like you got to start bracing I think for for the other shoe to drop so who, who knows it seems like it's gonna be sooner you know again rather than later but it, it's ugly again now and and I'm sure it's gonna be ugly if, if there's a trade and there's gonna be some I mean Twitter again that day is just gonna be barbs flying everywhere and it's gonna be nasty
0: be very very interesting very 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 interesting any final
1: thought, Banks, before we move on to the Orioles? Um, just you're starting to see dominoes fall around the league. Derek Carr signing with the Saints. Uh, Geno yep. Smith getting his contract extension. Who I heard from somebody I didn't really trust too much, but there that there were some Ravens interests in potentially going out and doing something for Geno Smith, which of course is not true and isn't how things have played out, but. Um it just goes to show that like any possibility seems to be out there. Um and people are starting to make moves. And if if the move is to move Lamar Jackson, like you you kind of run the risk of being left at the left at the dance without a partner. So the
0: the, uh, the other situation is the the, it came out the combine, they met with Anthony Richardson. Um they should probably meet with Anthony Richardson anyway. Um but that guy's now going to, you know, if, if you were thinking like it was going to be a similar situation where they could think about like getting him in the end of the first round, like he's probably gonna be a top 10 pick now, like based on, you know, after the, the combine, somebody is going to draft him in the top 10. So the Ravens thinking of like trading for a bunch of draft capital and then jumping up into the top 10 and taking a quarterback. Maybe they will do that. Maybe they were, that was just them doing their due diligence. Um, we'll see. It'll be very, very interesting um the baltimore Orioles spring training continues um i follow spring training because you know doing stuff during the day sometimes miss the stuff just through rdt's um adley uh excited tweets adley got a hit we get a photo um things like that colton cows are doing some stuff um where are you rdt on on oriole spring training right now has your excitement continued to build
3: yeah i mean it, it's it's continuing to build and I mean, the big thing is there's no real injuries. That's that's the big thing for me. I don't care how many games they win, um, anything like that. If if the guys healthy, I think that's a win. It's just like preseason football. It doesn't matter if if they're, if they're winning these games or not. Obviously, they won today. It was an exciting game with a walk off. Um, our boy Cowser with a monster shot. I don't know if you've seen it yet or or heard it. It was a, I mean, it was incredible. And and. Just talk about how good Ben McDonald is. Him and Kevin Brown on the call today. Um, I think I think it was McDonald who said something literally as the pitch was coming in, and he said, and you know he, he can pull him the opposite way, or you know, or he can put him the opposite way sometimes. And and it, it was poetic justice. And he, I mean, just absolutely smoked this ball over the stands in left field. Um, so yeah, it was a good day for Kouser. Um Again, I didn't know that he had like opposite field or like that but it seems like he does um it was it was cool today again to see adley go two for three um he had a home run the other day uh jackson holiday had a hit today um I'm trying to think who else santander was playing some first base so that was interesting to see it was it was neat to see cole irvin too again it's the first i've seen of him you know it wearing chris davis's 19 on the mound um i thought he looked good but again these aren't getting hurt. Um, the young guys are playing well, and I think that's really all that matters. Um, and then, you know, we just have to talk about the the score bug and the and the, the pitch count and, or the, the clock and stuff like that. So that's that kind of dominated, you know, the the conversation today. I think, but again, overall, I think it was a good day for the Orioles, and we're just we're counting down the days. We're a month one month from today, I assume, we'll all be in the vicinity of Pickles, the Jimmy's tailgate Keenan yard somewhere down there.
0: Yeah, the Orioles, um, the Orioles are four and five in spring training. And like you said, RDT, that doesn't I mean the record in spring training just doesn't really matter. The, the Red Sox are seven and oh in spring training. Um, but that doesn't really matter. Yeah, and a lot of these young guys, you know, um, I'm just sort of pulling up the stats here. Like Heston Kirstjad continues to have a very good spring. Um, in, in the opportunities he's he's had so far. You know, you just talked about Kowser, Adley, Taryn Vavra started out very, very strong. Um, so the young guys that we've continued to discuss have kind of done um, what they had to do so far. Do we want to get into the score bug right now? The mat. Do we want to get into the math and discussion?
3: I mean, the fact that again, people are upset that the games aren't on TV. I get it. I understand. So then today, when the game is on TV and in the top of the first inning, I see people bitching and complaining that the pitch clock is now on the score bug. It's like again, do we have to find something to complain about every single day? Like that, you know. There, there's a there's a blog that was complaining about how you know it's take away from the game and it's not necessary to have the pitch clock up there and this and that. And it's just like, what are we doing right now? Like again, all you did for the last two weeks was bitch and complain. That there's no World's Baseball TV. Now it's on TV, and you're gonna complain about a sport? Uh, like you know. The the score bug? Like what is going on right? It was insane. It it was it was crazy. I didn't think this the score bug looked bad. I didn't think the pitch clock there looked bad. Because you have to have the pitch clock up there now because it's going to be part of the game. Guess what other sports it's part of the game is? The shot clock is in the NBA. You see that pop up. You see the play called in football. Like, what are we doing? What are we complaining about right now? Like, stop complaining just to complain. Everything will be fine. We're not gonna we're Remember when we thought the, the Nike shoes on the jerseys were going to ruin, oh, you know, the, the prestige and the, the, the Yankee uniform? Nobody ever remembers it. It's like, just stop it. You're not going to care about it in two weeks. You're not going to notice it. Just give it up. So that was my big takeaway. Because it's like, why do we have to complain about something every single day? Orioles baseball is on TV. Just just watch it. Like, how about you enjoy it and watch? Ever, like, ever think of that? Maybe? You you would
0: hope that they, by the season, make that pitch clock look a little bit better than, like, a camera on a digital clock scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what that looked like. And maybe that's, like, a spring training situation where they don't have access to, you know, production-wise, get that to where it needs to be. But you'd hope that would look better. You know, Dan Conley went off on Twitter about the production values, some audio issues. I mean – I don't know. If people are now shocked by that. I'm not like shocked that Masson's spring training broadcast that they don't really seem to want to do anyway, you know, are having some some production issues. But production issues happen. It is what it is. Um, I just like I think I've said this the last couple of weeks when we've talked about this. If the regular season broadcasts are good and there's clearly a production value add to them, maybe add some pre and post. But if those are now strong and up to the level that should be served. And I don't think, and this is by the way, the Orioles are fine with announcers. Like Kevin Brown is great, McDonald's very good. Like they have, I think, a, like I think Kevin Brown is a star. Like I think he's a guy that is going to, you know, do you know do an ESPN package of college basketball games at a high level and do different things. Like he's doing the college up world. Like he he's 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 gonna he's gonna be a, a, a rocket. He he's very very good. And so, mm-hmm. if you just surround them with good pieces, I think they're going to be fine from like a talent standpoint. And that, you know, the I like the people that do, you know, like Melanie. All the I like all of them that do the studio stuff. Um, and they just need to, like, Conley honestly said, good people at Masson put some more money into it. It's all they need to do. Just put a little more money into everything that's happening. Figure out how to have a little bit of an over-the-top streaming service that people can access on their, you know, smart TVs or phones, and just so that can work. And eventually this is gonna get swallowed up by a big tech company anyway, who's gonna broadcast all the games. So we're not gonna to have to worry about this in like 10 years, but <laughs> where we are right now, just put like a little more money into the broadcast. And I agree with you like it's on TV, just enjoy it. Uh, and this is, I'm just gonna explain this now. So watch, if you're watching on YouTube, we are now at times we have, you know, Jake who's brought this incredible production value to us. Uh, we're able to now show things on the screen, so we are now showing the score bug. So if you haven't seen it, you can watch it on YouTube, and you can enjoy seeing the score bug. Um, we're like Joe Rogan it. now. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can actually do things like this. So a little late on the draw I mean, there. I, I think you sent that job, message or, to me you know, a few uh, minutes ago. But is in the production position of being like, "Hey, we're putting this up," and and so I can do that now. We're just looking at the score bug, Camden chat via Camden chat's uh, tweet here. Um, so thank you to Jake for that.
2: A little late on the draw like, there. Sorry about that, but you no, it now. You're,
0: you're good. You're good. Um, That was, that's just tremendous work. Like if they just make this look better, it's fine. They just need to overall put more money into the broadcast. Like just do that and stuff like this won't happen. And the problem for them is, and I, you know to complete the point RDT, like they're playing from a stacked deck, you know, behind the, you know, they're behind the eight ball to use that. I'll use that. They're behind the eight ball. So like anything they do now, they're not getting the benefit of the doubt. They have lost the benefit of the doubt from a production standpoint. So until you were in that trust back, every little thing you do is going to get scrutinized and that's why this blew up today. So, we're yeah, gonna have I a great have a great 162 games this year and people will be fine. They'll be like, Masson,
3: Woo, great." I get it, but I was just like, again, all we've done is complain that there's no Orioles baseball. Now we have Orioles baseball and the first thing you want to do is like, "Well, that doesn't look good." Who cares? Like well, I I I'm with get to have have they'll figure it out in the regular season and it'll be fine and nobody remembers.
1: Yeah. And the tenor of the conversation or the, the tweet that that Jake put up there is, is from Camden chat. Who's been around and on Twitter for a long time. I don't have a problem with them. You know, they've, you know, they hustle and everything on the O's beat. Um, but where's contextually, like this is the first spring training broadcast. Like where is the wiggle room for them to try things out and get weird with it? Like spring training is exactly the place where you want to do it. Plus, this has been the dominating conversation across baseball throughout spring training so for for them not to put it on there is it would be more shocking like this is exactly what's driving conversation so and and fans it's going to happen in the regular season two they're going to have to there's going to be an adjustment period for them to get used to how it works and and all those kinds of things so i i applaud Maston, believe it or not, for, for doing what they did. Like it's what they should be. they should be trying to figure out and tinker with things and make their product better. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. That's like Taylor said, they, they probably didn't have the ability to synchronize a clock with whatever software they have to, to produce the games or whatever. So an internal clock maybe was not realistic, but, um, because there's really no other clock function in baseball, but, um, that Was the best thing that they could do, and it kept them from having to use a view, you know, with the clock in the picture the entire time and and work on some other production things. So yeah, it's became it a conversation when it should have been a non-conversation. But we gotta talk about something, I guess, during spring training. So
3: <laughs> and again, like the other I saw somebody, I don't know if it was Camden Chat or somebody else, but they were like, you know, we don't need it on every pitch, or you know, maybe we don't need it at all, and it's like, well. What do you mean you don't need it at all? Because then it again, you has, has to get to someone called. It has to be and it, and again, maybe you have it like a shot clock, where it it you know it comes on at ten seconds, something like that. Like I I don't know, I don't know what the number is, but you know you you have to have it up there.
2: Eric, I think you so, were the only I, one watching was the issue that it was like distracting because it, to me, in theory, this sounds like something that's like only additive.
3: That I, I don't I don't really know what what it was like. To me, I think there
0: was discussion about I, the I think there was discussion about how it was presented. That was what I. That was the discourse. Mm-hmm. A little bit of discourse that I saw as I looked through it before, right before we jumped on because you guys talked about it. and I was like, oh, I missed that today. So I just popped on. It looked like it was more of the presentation of the look of the score bug, May, mm-hmm. and maybe I missed the people that like you said that were maybe complaining about it being up there. It. You said it right. It has to be up there. It is so much a part of the game, and if if it's not up there, and you and a call gets made, and you like the pitch clock you're is going, not, you see the, you're like, what happened? So it's I, you know, additive is the correct word. Like it is so definitely additive to have it on the broadcast, and if it's presented correctly, everyone will get used to it after ten games. Like, and this is going to be on every broadcast. Like when ESPN does Sunday Night Baseball, they're going to have a pitch clock clock, like one hundred percent, like. Everyone mm-hmm. thought like even back further, I think people thought like the K zone would be distracting. I don't find the K zone yeah. that distracting. Like that's it's what just I was the thing say. that exists. I think it's very additive. I think it it's it's not necessarily a reflection of the strike zone because every human has a strike zone, so you're not predicting it, but it gives you the ability to be like, oh, it hit the line. That makes me now think, like, not feel of like the line's not official. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a it's just a nice thing to have this sit there. And for someone that's not familiar with the game, it's easy to be like, what's a strike and a ball? Oh, if it's in the middle of that box, it's a strike. Like if it's on the line of that box, it's a strike. And if it's not called, then you can be like, well, there's human element to this. But like a pitch clock has to be on. If it's someone who watches and there's a pitch clock, but who doesn't know what's going on, who hasn't doesn't know who casual doesn't know, they're gonna be like, What happened? And if there's no pitch clock, you're gonna be like, Well, there's just like a random countdown going on that nobody can see. It's in the stadium. If it's in the stadium, it's gotta be on the score bug. There you go.
1: I could see it being distracting though. No, I I can see that from I'll play devil's advocate here. If it's there and it's constantly ticking, it, it can like draw your eyes to it. When you like baseball by nature, you want it to be kind of a relaxing sport. And it's a little bit of what I said last week or the week before about the pitch clock. It's really, it's a big adjustment for somebody who watches a lot of baseball because you're just kind of used to the lulls between pitches. And now suddenly like everybody looks rushed and like you're, You can't, like, look down your phone for too long if you're watching. Um, So I can, like, see how that takes adjusting. It's just I'm annoyed by the fact that it's, like, oh, first broadcast and we're just going to slam them and not give any – or, like, have any wiggle room or or freedom for them to mess around with it. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, So – um, I, I, I can see how you would not have it there all the time. I could see them bringing it up on two strike pitches and when the clock gets down to four or five seconds, like just like, yeah, a well maybe clock, it's, it's, it's a shot um, clock or where you bring it down, you bring it will in, pop yeah. up on a lot of like, that's been a thing. And, yeah. But like, let them work out the kinks before you go hammering them and say, do better Masson, do better. It's just so sanctimonious.
3: Yeah. It's I mean, they did it with the same thing, the pitch count, you know, like people I'm sure people were annoyed at that. Like we need to see how many pitches this guy's thrown. And now it's like I couldn't imagine watching a game without a pitch, you know, without a pitch count, stuff like that. So, like you said, they're ironing stuff out. It's spring training for them too. I just thought the conversation was like so overwhelming of like all Hayes hits a three run home run. And I'm still seeing people like this fucking clock countdown is ruining the game. It's like, come on, man! Like, just get over it. they won. Like, everyone's everyone's healthy. Just let's just just move on. No one's gonna care about it.
0: It will. I will. Like I said, to finish the conversation, I will judge Masson on the regular season. Don't really care what the spring training broadcasts look like. They barely want to do them anyway. They're gonna end. <laughs> just. Give us the good. Give us a good regular season product. Good talent. Good production value. Their their ratings are going to be up this year. You would think, at least for the Orioles, they're probably going to be down for the Nats, but at least for the Orioles, they're going to be up. People are interested. They're going to watch the product. Make sure it's a product, you know, worth watching for new fans, like for people that maybe haven't watched in a while. You want those people to, you know, enjoy a good TV product, and you hope that's what Masson does. Starting five draft, let's do that. Presented by Fed Thrill, you get 20% off your Fed Thrill sunglasses using the promo code EXIT52. Um, it started to get a little sunny. It was nice today. Uh, it was not. I was in Minneapolis the weekend. It was very cold. Um, not a lot of sun. But here in Maryland, it seemed like it was very nice. And use your Fed Thrill sunglasses to uh, roll yourself into the spring and summer. So use the promo code EXIT52 get 20% off the NFL combine was over the past four or five days, um, which is one of those events that brings the like really hard people that like love it and care about it. Who I, I, I like it. So I'm more there. And then you have the like, who cares? Why is anybody watching? The two very opposite sides of the spectrum for that event. But we in that vein are going to draft athletic freaks, starting five draft of athletic freaks. Did you guys watch any combine?
3: Less
1: than I what have. In the any at all. There you go.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> that there sums it up. Oh, um, uh, I did. I do the yeah. I did the randomizer. We're doing randomizer now. Banks, you have the first pick. RDT, you have the second pick. I have the third pick. Um, we now have with our you know Jake doing the production. We have someone to to check us and and uh, maybe be an arbiter if we if we have any picks that are uh, that are in question. But there shouldn't be any tonight. So Banks, start it off. Athletic freaks.
2: or not is he lost in thought like
0: a lot of pressure i don't know a lot of pressure might be might be he's shaking his head oh no oh this is a disaster can you he not hear i don't know there's a, there's head shaking this is so a,
1: fucking obnoxious i'm i'm thinking i'm back but christ almighty i oh, don't dude.
0: even want to be alive. wow <laughs>
1: <anymore>. <laughs> you can hear me yes yeah. <laughs> i just a bit who's up am i picking yes you're, you're picking, picking. First you have overall. the first pick no you're, you're the fourth <laughs> fifth pick am i picking am i first overall here
0: <laughs> yes
1: uh, <laughs> how much time do i have on the clock
2: it's, it's, yeah, we're getting you're way past
1: there. time. I, I I'm about yeah, to yeah. let RDT
0: jump. This is in. like when the Vikings didn't this is like when the pick, Vikings left didn't
2: left. pick and uh the Jags got left which. That's that's what's happening yeah. right now.
1: You're typing I just pick typed in. in the pick and I also I ran the card up to the stage, right?
2: Okay, Vernon Davis is the pick at number one for banks. <laughs> Vernon Davis out of the University Vernon of Maryland. Vernon Davis is the pick. Care to expand?
1: Who doesn't love Vernon Davis? 4-3-8 four, four, of the combine. Did you – what's that? Fuck this.
0: <laughs> Vernon Davis was unbelievable. I'll, I'll go in. It's a good pick. Vernon Davis um, set a lot of records at Maryland from an athleticism standpoint. And um, he rolled into the – his athleticism is why he got into the top ten. Vernon Davis felt like – we, you can't call him a bust, but you—he didn't live up to being a top ten pick. He's like somewhere in that weird middle ground where you were like definitely good, and you were like a Pro Bowl caliber player at times. But for if you take a tight end in the NFL draft in the top ten, you're hoping for a little more like Gronkowski type of numbers from him. He never really got there, but he also made some like big plays in playoff games. Very weird career for Runnings, and for a guy that was like a freak athlete. Stuck around for a while. Like, you would have thought he maybe like, would have flamed out, lost a little bit of that. Like, stuck around for a long time and like, looked like he could have kept playing when he retired. So like, He was on a bunch of teams by the end.
2: wanted to pull some screen sharing Wait, stuff who, here. Who there is a he, lot of racy pictures out there of Vernon Davis on Google. I think he did ESPN well, he's trying to too, be a, or something like that. He did.
0: He's trying to be an actor now. He's trying to be an actor now too.
2: Yeah.
3: Who, who else did he play for other than the Niners? Why can't I think of anyone else? Washington. The football team. He played for them.
0: Yeah, played for the football team. Played for the um, Broncos, I believe, as well at one what? point. Do yep. I don't remember this at all. Well, you're apparently not he a big was, enough nerd in so. He was in the
1: uh, rotation with was Washington uh, when they had yeah, Bron- like so many tight ends in the mix.
0: I guess I'm wrong to say he was on a lot of teams. He was on three teams. I, I I'll okay. do a a call, mea call on that.
3: All right, but, now I remember that. Now I remember Washington. Okay. Washington, his his late career highlight was a
0: hurdle against the Eagles in like an early season game on the sideline, an insanely athletic play. That's kind of his last hurrah, like on red zone, if you're going to do that.
3: That that play is not better than his play against Florida State, though, where he like, – oh. uh, oh. I wished we had like good quality video of that because yeah, that play I, I need, is like unbelievable. I need, to,
0: I need to get into the Maryland video archives and see if that's living there somewhere.
3: Yeah, you, I you think have that, to. You have to. You have to that
0: out. Social media to enjoy that. I'm gonna make some moves on that tomorrow when I go to work. Do it. Um,
3: yeah. um also RDT. sweet would... potato
0: yams. And sweet potato yams. Sweet potato yams. Yams. Sweet potato yams. I
3: hate it. Mm. RDT. My pick. Yes. We're going uh we're going Chris Johnson out of ECU. Mm. The man, I mean, he's, he's Top top three or four favorite football player of all time. Just the fastest person, like ever, 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 ever. Um, four two four, I think in the forty, correct? Yeah, four two 40. 5 inch vertical, ten ten broad jump. Like again, yeah, just a just a, a freak of nature. Like nobody should be that fast. And I mean, he could run you over too. He was just he, he, he was a smaller guy, so he doesn't really come across as like a physical freak, but I think that dude falls into the physical free category. Um, He has a run. I think it's against the Jaguars where he just absolutely bowls someone over like he's he's Derrick Henry's size. Um, But again, for a guy like just be that fast and like it wasn't just like, oh, he's fat. He wasn't like John Ross where it's like, oh, he's fast. But then in the games, he was never like did anything like he, he looked faster in pad and helmet than he did at the combine, which is insanely hard to do. Um, but yeah, he was, he was a lot of fun to watch. And again, that combine like performance put him on the map. I believe at the time it was the fastest it's been broken since, but I had a buddy who again played like football at Salisbury. And when, when, when Johnson, when the Titans drafted Johnson, he was always just a fast dude. Like he won't be a good running back. Like you can be fast at ECU and, and it really, and I was like, no, I think this is like real speed. This isn't just like he's fast, you know, West Virginia like 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 Jake is showing right now. He's just so good. Like, oh my god, I love it. He's the man. So, that that's that's he's he's my first uh my first pick for the athletic freak.
0: Chris Johnson was is a top 5. I feel like combine buzz situation where it's like, "Oh my god, 424." Four, four? Like people are like, "What is happening? Like this guy's unbelievable." So, mm-hmm. that um yeah he he was awesome he was very very fun like what one of the all time like gets in the open field on a straight line burner guys that was very fun to watch
3: yeah but yeah. Yeah, he i mean he he was just the, the speed was incredible like 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 it always looked like he had the turbo button in madden like he was so he was so fun to play with in madden that i couldn't use the turbo because he was too fast like you didn't have to use it it was it was just crazy and again the fact that it translated to the NFL, I mean, I think pound for pound, he may be I think he's one of the most electrifying players. He's the, he's like a Devin Hester, he's like a John Sanders, like in the in the open field where he has the ball. Like you're lucky to get a finger on him. So
0: it's a good pick. Um, I have the double pick here. I am going to start with uh, a guy near and dear to my heart. Uh, I'm going to take Brock Lesnar. Um, mm. Athletic freak perspective. Um, UFC champion, WWE champion. Uh, NCAA wrestling heavyweight champion uh, tried out for the Vikings and his numbers were insane. He ran like a four, 7, 40, Um, I think he had like a 35 inch vertical broad jumped like 10 or something like that. Um, and he could do things in a wrestling ring that are insane for guy size. He could like do a shooting star press, which is essentially like a backflip onto a guy uh, which he botched at WrestleMania 19 against uh, Kurt Angle. Um and hit his and should have broken his neck and somehow his neck was so thick it just didn't break. Um, he Brock Lesnar is just an all time like multi sport athletic freak. It's it's ridiculous. So there he is at WrestleMania 30, uh, beating The Undertaker, stop the streak. I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty hefty accomplishment to be able to stop The Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. But I he just Brock Lesnar always to me has been just like the all time like big guy like lunatic looking freak. Um, mm-hmm. who could do a variety of things. So I'm going to get him first. Um, I don't know if you guys have any Brock Lesnar thoughts. Um, do, I always
1: uh, like think it's that Dude, WWE, the, the cameramen definitely know what's going on with that, right? Like how excited do you think that cameraman was to just get all the reactions of Undertaker losing there?
0: They know. I think they know. I don't know if the camera – I don't know if production, like all the camera in the building, know the result of each match, but I think when something happens, they know. They're just so experienced, they know what to do. I don't know though; I have no idea.
2: A lot of a lot of surrender never, cobras out there. They were really catching a lot of that, so I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, like it's. I feel like if they're in on that, that would be like one of the biggest professional joys for WWE cameramen. It's just like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get to take. I'm gonna get to do crowd shots of The Undertaker losing at WrestleMania. So
0: it's a it's a very it's a very very good one.
1: They nailed all those reactions.
0: Um, with my yeah, they did. They really did. They they got that right. Um, I'm gonna take Bo Jackson with my next pick here. I think he could have easily gone one one. Um, he's got the non-verifiable four one two forty. Hand time four one two forty, which is insane. Obviously, great baseball player. Bo knows is one of the great thirty for thirties. So I would suggest if you don't know who this is, you're probably not listening to this podcast. But if you are, I would go watch that thirty for thirty. Um, the running on the wall um, clip is incredible. The you know the catch and the running on the wall when he played for the Royals. Um, won the Heisman Trophy. Probably could have been an Olympic sprinter. I mean, just an all-time athlete. That happened in Baltimore? Yeah, that was a memorial. Was a memorial. That yeah. I did did not realize. That is probably something I should have known, but I'll expose myself there. Yeah, there's not much else to say about Bo. Guy deserves to be drafted, and I think it, it's a
3: good pick here. Great, um, great like uh, marketing campaign too. The bono's like the shoes, the posters. They were they were great. That was, that was it. Fit him perfectly too. And yeah, I mean that that bow nose thirty for thirty is is one of those ones. It's one of my favorites. So uh, RDT. Um, I was gonna go a different way, but with, with who you just took, I feel like I have to take Deion Sanders now. Um, yeah. the story, the story of him uh, pulling up to the combine getting out of the limo, getting to run the 40, and then he just got right back in the limo, and he ran it like <laughs> 4-2. Um, here it is. Like, one of the great uh, combine stories came of Florida State's State. Dan Sanders in 1989. There was pre-combine talk that Sanders wouldn't run the 40 at all. He later said that he would take all his medicals, run his 40, and go home. Gun gets up to the line, runs his first 40, and everyone has him at 4-3. We figured he was done. Gets up, runs another, and he runs even faster, says Dave Gellman. Then it's got for the Bills. Some people had him at 4-2-5, officially a 4-2-7. And the funniest damn thing about it was when he finishes the 40 continues to run waves to everyone goes right through the tunnel and we don't see him again. He got up and gave, we got up and gave him a standing ovation because there were so many guys who wouldn't run. Pretty funny. <laughs> like that's that's just it's great. Um, I'm trying to see what else. Like there're just I mean there's so many great like funny. I don't even believe I stretched. Do you want to know why because I've never seen a cheetah stretch before he gets before he go goes and gets his prey. I ran. I ran so fast. I felt like I was floating. I, kind of, I felt like I was kind of coming off the ground. And as I hit the finish line, I could remember everyone was in disbelief. I wanted to say the first person to say four two something because I was. I knew four three was not even in the factor. So, yeah, he's the man. He's uh, and again, he's just. Watch he, him. His first touchdown on his first, I believe, the time, first time he touched the ball, um, on that punt return was just stupid. Like he just jukes everyone yeah. out. Out of their shoes, and it it sucks because again we did get to see him in the D.M.V. area, but it was it was when he was washed, washed. It was it was turf toe Dion with, with not only the Redskins but the the Ravens a couple years later. Um, but again, just it, and people also people don't realize like the baseball thing too. He was a good base, He's a really good baseball player. <laughs> like he he was fantastic at, at baseball, and and again you just don't see guys. Double dip. I mean, you, Brian Jordan and a couple of the other guys, but like, Di De- I mean, Dion is incredible. He's 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 got to argue be the best athlete ever. Just overall, so I feel like getting him there in the second is a, a decent steal for me.
0: It's a good pick. Uh, some would say when he got here, he's past his prime.
3: No, but we did get that burger. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. That was a good one. Uh, Banks, you have two. I I am taking Larry Allen, guard from the Cowboys, absolute beast of a man. Uh, Didn't do the bench press at the combine. don't know why that is, but he's rumored to have been able to bench 700 pounds. I think they did one of those like Pro Bowl uh, challenge games Mm -hmm. or whatever, where he went out there and just like threw up uh, 43 reps on 225 real quick. Like it was nothing. Um, and then there's the play. I, I believe there's a play. I forget who. Troy Aikman or somebody throws a pick, and, and Larry Allen just runs this dude down from 60 yards or so. I hope that's what Jake's pulling up here. Um, I don't know that this is it. I think it was a Monday night Are you night thinking of the Leon
3: Lett play? Or Maybe the, I am. Am I getting a not mix i Not up Leon Lett. Um, Don, Don Beebe. I don't think. I think Leon well, Lett was a guy who ran Larry the wrong Allen. way. Maybe it that's was Leon Lett. No, Leon Lett's the guy that touched the 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 field goal. Um, yeah, Leon Lett's the field goal touch guy.
1: Larry tough. Allen ran down um, somebody on, on a return, and it's a pretty freakish play. So like, if I, if we can get this, if as long as I'm thinking of the right guy, I'm pretty sure it was Larry Allen. He
3: is I mean he's just a monster. He's, he's I remember watching those Pro Bowl competitions. Yeah, and they'd be like, all right, now we go to the bench. And like you said, he was not like he was getting to like thirty-five and forty without like taking any time or like any breaks, and it was just like holy shit! Like Larry guy, Allen chased just... down
1: tackle to prevent pick six.
3: Is that is that the Don oh, Beebe play?
1: Now this is it right here.
3: Oh, different one. Okay, look at him move. Yeah, I mean oh, that that's, that's such an play. Three hundred
1: twenty-five pound dude running probably a four-seven. Four, seven, five. What a beast.
3: He was moving. He was moving. It's a good pick. It's a good pick.
1: Uh, and then I'll take Ivan Draga. Got to take him. Sure. I was of him going off the board at some point here. I think I would be kicking myself if I didn't get him. Um, probably a lot of opportunities here, Jake, to throw something good up here. But um, <laughs> just him running on the treadmill is probably what I think of first. Just an absolute specimen. Um Is he a murderer? Some people would say yes. Some people would say no. Um, But, uh, yeah, he was a beast. Look, I
0: I think I like this pick. I like the spirit of this pick. Um, I I have to throw two things out that I, I, you know, murderers certainly, you know, allegedly, I mean, you have to talk about that. I mean, look, it is, you know, agreed upon hand-to-hand combat, but it was an exhibition. You know, did it have to go that far is a question I would ask. And my second one is artificial enhancement here. I mean, we see the scene of him getting shot up with, with, with steroids. And the question is was he a freak athlete or was he artificially built by the Soviet system? I don't have the answers to those questions, but I feel necessary to put that out on the pot.
2: That puts uh, what's that uh, biking movie in an interesting light? Icarus.
0: Icarus, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's your pick, Banks, so I'll allow you to expound upon that if you so choose. But you could also say that Rocky threw Drago ended the Cold War. So I think that could all make it worth it. If I can change, you can change, anybody can change.
1: Well, I don't think that we can conclude that any other people being drafted here also weren't under similar conditions. Um, but he's wow. no question a freak athlete, and it wasn't a question of who wins, who loses, or whatever. Um, I think there's going to be plenty of other options and people taken in this draft that weren't necessarily the most successful at what they did. But um, in terms of just being absolute specimens, I think of somebody like Ivan Drago.
2: So. More, moral of the story is people can change.
1: People can change. Correct. People can, people can in, a <laughs> in a variety of ways. In a variety of ways. I li- be speaking pretty freely about some legal matters here without consulting your. Your people? No, 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 no. I, I'm just, I'm just saying what,
0: I, what we saw. I'm, I'm just like, I think you have to put those pieces of context on the table for maybe listeners that aren't familiar or watchers on YouTube, not familiar with Rocky Four and what they've watched there. I'm just putting I mean, out that we saw on screen
1: that this isn't me accusing anybody of anything. Sure. I just, I quote. Question: Anyone who, who doesn't know that context already, though, I mean, Rocky I don't disagree Ford's, with that. The cinematic masterpiece.
0: Yeah, for sure. I don't. I don't disagree with that. Um, RDT.
3: Um, I am going to go another throwback. Another two-sport guy, Julius Peppers, who didn't. I don't think he worked out at the combine. Um, I know. I think he went and got measured and all that stuff, but I, I can't find anything about his like, result, even on the like, pro football reference um and again just a, a a freak guy who played high 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 level d1 basketball also while playing high level d1 with, with the north Carolina, obviously um and then was he i believe first was he first overall pick or second um damn what was he
1: um this is late Late career, Julius Peppers.
3: Where? What? What pick was he? Was he first? I don't know. Um, if ran of ran the forty, it says in four six, which again, for a guy who's six six, two eighty three, two eighty five, or whatever he was listed at, like, I mean, he, he those guys are just insanely talented at at everything you do. And again, when you think back, and you're like, oh, by the way, he's banging on the boards as a power forward for North Carolina, and then just happened to be an awesome. First ballot Hall of Fame like football player. He was he's like one of my favorite players. Um just like a monster who like you never heard about him off the field or anything like that. All he did was show up, put numbers up, and then like that's it. He's he's he was great. And like I will also say during like the the mid two thousands, um the like black Julius Peppers jersey was like I feel like I used to see those all over like my middle school. There were a ton of Julius Peppers fans there, for whatever reason. But he's always been one of my favorites. And, again, just a just stud freak athlete. So I feel like he falls in this category. It's a good pick. It's a good pick.
0: Thank you. Julius Peppers. There's a few basketball, football ones probably worth taking here. Um, I, I'm in between a few here. I can't decide what way I want to go. Um, I could do that. Um, I, I, I might lose my time here. I'm scrolling through my list. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take Usain Bolt. I'm going to take Usain Bolt there's never really been a guy that size that's done what he's done like to get you know your legs moving like that and have that type of stride to be like whatever he was 6'4, six, 6'5 six, and run sprints like that it's 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 gross and we've never seen anybody do what he's done ever at the 100, 200. He probably could have been a Olympia, Olympian at the 400 too. So I got to take bolt, dominant in those events um and just like I feel like when you're when you think like freak athlete, part of it is like someone that is doing so, like someone that is not the prototype of what a sprinter should be, which is sort of maybe like the you know five eleven to six two guys that we see win these all the time. And it's like, who is this gigantic man that can run really fast? And that was Usain Bolt. So I'm going to take him. Absolutely dominated America for twelve years.
3: I was going to say it's it's very rare when the Olympics come around that. Us like Americans will openly root for someone from the from another country, because when those races would come on, everyone was rooting for Usain Bolt. Nobody was like, oh, you know, we got to put the Americans here. Everyone like, no, fuck that. I want to see Usain Bolt run as fast as he can. Like everyone was rooting for.
0: Him. Yep, yep. Um, and then with the- my next pick, oh, go ahead, thanks.
1: I was just gonna add that that. His name being Usain Bolt is just, like, come on. It's, it's icing nice on just the cake. Running up, running nice up nice. the score from a marketing standpoint.
2: Sneaky one of those multi-sport guys, too, because he had a little bit of a uh, practice run with Dortmund. I don't know if he ever, like, played in a game or anything, but they, like, they put him in a uniform yeah. for a couple practices, so kind of counts.
0: Yeah, he was, like, a huge Manchester United fan and said he wanted to just, like, play for Manchester United when he was done running.
3: And famously did the main event with, with Kenny Mayne. Remember that he put on the pads. Yeah. He had yeah. Eli Manning him, and he put on the pads and the helmet. He was so slow he couldn't like run. That was great. That was such a funny main event. <laughs> that's that's a great pick though. That's that's good.
0: And then I, I'm very much between two two that are, you know. Ah. Um, uh, this is so hard i'm trying to think of these two sports or these few sports like like what what is most impressive that this that this guy can that this one can do um yeah i gotta take Airbud. i gotta take him i gotta get him on the squad
1: it's a big, I, you very know multi-sport yeah, yeah to be
0: able to play basketball football soccer baseball and volleyball at that high a level uh, that that's pretty impressive, uh, you know. As a dog, uh, you don't see a lot of athletes like that. You know, you, you see humans that are able to maybe cross sports like that, but for a canine to you know go sport to sport and and thrive, it, 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 that's just a tra- the, the the amount of skills that are translating there. I, I'm so glad we're gonna get some video here. Uh, this cl- by the way, this clown, the clown. The clown what a villain. It's just
3: such a villain in
0: this movie. Um, and freaking Buddy just doesn't deserve that. Josh is just helping him. The whole thing, it, I hate that clown so much. I, as a kid, we used to watch Air Bud. My parents had, I think we had like a Ford Explorer, and we had like a TV in that was like an actual physical TV, not one that like flips down. This was before they had the ones that flipped down. And we watched Air Bud at my grandparents' house in Ocean City um, like forty times with my cousins, just in this car, instead of just watching inside. Because I thought it was so cool. There was a TV in the car, um, and so yeah, Airbud—he's Air that guy.
1: <laughs> Which
0: I had so one so of the I first,
1: one of the first movies I ever remember going to see in theaters at Rio, out there in Rockville.
0: I also just want to come to the realization that Airbud's, you know, assumed offspring. What a run they had as well in the Air Buddies movies. I mean, you've got air buddies, snow buddies, space buddies, Santa Buddies, Spooky Buddies, Treasure Buddies, Super Buddies. I mean, those buddies are just rolling through all different types of things. This is a family legacy of athleticism and now just exploration. These dogs went to space, is what I'm trying to say.
3: So (laughs) these
1: dogs went to space. (laughs)
0: The search for Santa Paws. I mean, the the, the, yeah, Airbud. Got to get him on my team. He may not be the last animal I take. I'll just say that.
2: Episode title: These dogs went to space. Yeah, maybe. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I I I I would love to have an Airbud watch party at a theater. I think that would be a would be a I that clown. I would boo that clown so heavily. Ugh! What a horrible person. I think think he
3: died. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. I feel like something came up with him somewhat. i'm gonna refrain from comment i'm gonna refrain from comment.
3: Hmm.
0: did you kill him? no no, mm-hmm. no. He killed mm-hmm. he, the clownness the clownness i i just it's, it's what a movie what a movie um rest in peace party tea. <laughs>
3: You know, he did not mean that. Rest in peace. That was, I do. That I was do. like no. the worst rest in peace. Of I ever. have, em-
0: I have, I have empathy. I have
3: empathy for the clown. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take uh, again, kind of following in in the footsteps of Taylor Wynn picks, but um, another local workout freak. It has to be Sean Merriman. Um, yeah, I mean, again, you take there. There's a ton of different terms you could take. But he was one of the first guys that I remember. Like, like he was, he was really good at Maryland. He was very, very good. Um, and then he went to the combine, and just like exploded. And and he was just like, I mean, his rookie year was so damn good. I, how many hat sacks did he have? Like eighteen, nineteen? Not, not, not that many. But I forget how many. But he was awesome. Um, and like I remember, like seeing him, like at the combine, like without a shirt on or do whatever works. And it was like, holy shit. This guy is just, he's just curved out of like marble. It was insane to watch. I'm um, again, a guy that just that fast, that strong, that quick. And maybe the steroids that he got popped for, maybe that did have something to do with it. I don't know. I'm not here to judge or anything like that. I'm not here to talk about the past, but he was just one of, one of like, I mean, he's going to be top five favorite Maryland players to watch play. He was just so much fun. Um, Turned, turned it into a little bit of a media career I know his his career didn't last as long as I think we thought he he did kind of flame out pretty quick I'm uh, not pretty quick but he flamed out um he was just awesome to watch and, and again just jacked out of his mind when the lights out dance with the tattoo on his forearm like the story of him knocking out how many people was it like four in a high school game like three or four something like that crazy lights out.
0: good one yeah he, he also Sean Merriman's a guy like I've seen him at, around Maryland a couple of times we had, we had him on here the turtle one time um he looks like a guy that could like still just like walk out there and play <laughs> like he just is still just built just absolutely built
1: um, have two we're gonna keep this in the same lane here um, so fall of 2009 I move in at Maryland I move all my stuff in get things set up in my dorm room. Uh, mom leaves. Eventually, I get a little hungry, and I take my student ID. I walk you know, across the street to South Campus Diner. First person I see when I walk in is Bruce Campbell sitting at a table, and this is the largest human I think I've ever laid eyes on in terms of just size, um, just absolute just behemoth of a man. He went on to run the fastest at the time, the fastest offensive lineman 40 time in NFL Combine history at 485 so bruce campbell got drafted in the fourth round by the oakland Raiders. raiders just taking like kind of a personal pick here because when i saw that it was like okay first athlete i see on campus as a freshman holy shit, is this what they all look like and no not quite it's not really the case but just an absolute behemoth of a man and a bad mamma jamma too i mean he yeah. he has a look
3: Bruce yeah, Campbell did.
0: was
1: a gigantic
0: human being. I also saw him in college. Gigantic. He looks so gigantic. good in those old
3: school uniforms, too. I love it. Yeah. Everybody They're looks awesome.
1: great in those uniforms. So now we're just watching a little tape, a little Bruce Campbell tape. Yeah. Probably the only Baltimore podcast to ever do this. It's possible. He <laughs> should have started the show with that. <laughs> that's That's true. You got a seal here and a seal here. <laughs> um little Merrill Hodge for you all
3: right we're, um, we're stepping on Spenny's territory now though yeah yeah, yeah, yeah seriously yeah. all
1: right i'll keep it moving here uh and then for my last pick i'm gonna keep it in the alleged murderer uh realm here and i'm gonna go with babe ruth i think anybody who can hit 714dingers on a diet of dogs and just absolute pork missiles and 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 bruise um i think that that says everything you need to know about george herman ruth Freak athlete,
3: pitcher, and hitter. I mean, the workout the workout videos they came out of them like the ball, just hitting him in the stomach with it, like one of the big <laughs> round of medicine balls. So, there's a,
1: there's a period if you actually read up on him where he got like he did some serious physical training and was an actual like workout guy. So, there was some time there, he wasn't just a fat fuck, but I love the run. He uh, said. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, it's all the Babe Ruth run is so iconic who was it like Matt Williams who did that during a during a rain delay or Randall-A.
3: something yeah I think so or like Kevin Millar it was someone like that yeah yeah the little trot <laughs> it's like most most famous walk slash trots Patrick Holmes and, and Babe Ruth. Like,
1: Edwin Encarnacion <laughs> that's
3: a good pick that's, that's good
0: good pick um, RDT, finish your team.
3: Uh, I'm gonna finish this by not making a mockery of the draft and just drafting like animals or or you know anyone like that a mockery. But, of the- um, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm we're talking about real life.
0: That is okay. <laughs> you let me tell you what. Well, I'll, me and the Airbud fan club will see in court after that. <laughs>
3: well, my dad, my dad's a, day day a day lawyer, day so so good luck. Okay. Yeah, bring it on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, That's hard. Calvin Johnson, Johnson four three two forty. What what is that face? What do you mean?
0: Decorum Bennett just ran a four three. Cool forty yard dash. Okay, line. I can't wait to stun you with this last pick.
3: Come back, come back to me when 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 Bennett is making catches like like Calvin Johnson was making in like the <laughs> fucking wing T offense he was he was running. <laughs>
0: That's a fair point.
3: So good. I mean. The fact that a guy like like Megatron went to Georgia Tech when they were just running the triple option, like, I mean, there's the clip of him um, catching it over three cowboys. Like, he's just he's just a freak. He, he's he's the best. Demarius the Thomas um, behind him too. Just, he's so good. I could watch him like sky like jump just just moss these people for for hours on end. He was so good, and it's just a shame. Everyone's always talked about it, but it's a shame that we just wasted his whole career in Detroit. So, taking Calvin Tron, whatever you want to call him, it's the goat. He
0: was he was awesome. in all seriousness, Calvin Johnson was incredible, and got out of football seemingly on his own terms, which I think you don't always see with professional athletes, which is nice. Um, I guess I'm gonna make a mockery of the draft here by taking another <laughs> absolute athletic stud, but you know, RDT can take, you know, whoever the heck he wants, freaking whatever. Fine. I'm taking another multi-sport animal. I'm taking Jack hockey player, skateboarder from MVP, most vertical primate and MVP, most valuable primate. This is a guy, sorry, this is an ape that went from junior B hockey to the Seattle Simeons or whatever Seattle Simeons I think the team's called Seattle Simeons. Now it's a
1: mockery. Now it's a mockery. I couldn't
0: remember the I couldn't remember the, the name. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. I got to open it up. Get him on the yeah. <laughs> look, <laughs> at this, look at this. Look at this. Look at this ape. Look at Jacko. He's a skateboarding phenom. He literally just hops on the board and starts skateboarding. Look at this cop. He's got no idea what to do with them. Then he helps. The, yeah. Then he helps freaking Ben win the skateboarding competition and gets sponsored by Bob Bernquist. I, look at Richard Carn. I mean, what a movie. <laughs> what a movie. What a movie. Yes. Yes. Couldn't love this, this pick be- anymore. Cool. Nice Calvin before, Johnson pick,
3: RDT. Before or after that chimpanzee in Stanford, Connecticut, ripped that lady's face off.
0: You're a bad guy. You're, you're a bad guy. To bring, you're, to what? Bring- what, what do you mean?
3: To, we bring have to talk about it, type,
0: to bring. Why do we have to his talk closet? about it? Every
3: every athlete does.
0: You're you, oh, so you're saying that that was Jack. You're inferring that Jack I, ripped that lady's. That's exactly what you just did. That's exactly what you I just didn't did. say.
3: I didn't say it was Jack. I just said, is this before or after that chimp ripped the lady's face off?
2: Which I one? I feel like I that happens every four that, months. Jack. That that's in the news. Like a chimp is like doing something unsavory. You can't trust chimps, man. Rip,
3: rip the lady's face off in Stanford. Is
1: it? Well, Are you pro Cincinnati Zoo? Is that what you're saying, Jake?
2: Mm-mm. Listen, okay. you know none of us were there that day. That's all I'm going to say. How do you?
0: I just want to tell you this this sentence, RDT, from the first sentence of the MVP most vertical primate plot. God. MVP two opens with lovable Jack being invited to play for the Seattle Simeons hockey team. Lovable Jack, lovable, lovable. Didn't hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. In fact, helped Ben get sponsored by Bob Birdquist at the end of the movie and skated his face off. Skated his face off.
3: Skated his face off while his cousin was ripping off Faith. Then
0: he, he he wins the ZHL Cup. You ever won that? Calvin Johnson ever won the ZHL Cup RDT? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know who didn't retire
3: early? Jack.
2: I gotta you go in the I gotta sport. go in the Smythe man's favor here because Bob Burnquest was my pick back in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater days. So,
3: oh, if you weren't a Bucky Lassett guy, then, then I was then,
2: both. I was both, but Bob was my before I knew Bucky was. You know, he had ties to the area. I was Bob.
3: One of the great Bucky Lass from. Um,
2: Dundalk. old
0: school X X games clips is the Bob Bernquist 98 in Philly. It is Sal Masekela and Tony Hawk are going wild on the commentary. Like it is an all time commentary, just blow of, of everything you have there. It, it is, it is unbelievable. It is so such a good clip in Philly. I would, I always wish I'd gone to an X games when it was in Philly. That would have been sick as a kid would have absolutely loved that. Love that. So I got to get Jack on my team. I got to get Jack on my team. I, I, you know, take Calvin Johnson all you want. Take freaking Julius Peppers all you want. Nice. Really cool pick. Okay. Yeah, I will. Make it a mockery of the draft. None of these guys can skateboard like Jack. None of them can play hockey like Jack. None of them can play volleyball like Airbud. Mockery of the draft.
3: All right, let's Horrible. look up career earnings after this.
0: You think these guys have more career earnings after how many movies Airbud put on the screens? How many directed uh, DVDs? Yeah. Yeah, Money. I do. Money. I think every family in the country has Santa Paws. That's a heck of a movie.
3: Jeez, <laughs> this is insane mockery. Jeez,
0: yeah, you're you're making a mockery of yourself by not respecting. To you, you're gonna mock Secretariat too. Man of War, Maybe. all the great horses out there. The horses are athletes Maybe. too. Me and Banks, me and Banks, Banks. Did you not say horses are great athletes? They're phenomenal athletes. Thank you. That's a guy that gets it. That's a guy that gets it. Jesus, Chris Johnson. <laughs> Betty can't. Betty can't skate. Betty can't skate. I bet he can. You see, you see Jack go under that little, those little, that little thing, the tunnel.
3: Woo, no, I right must have. There. I must have missed that. <laughs> you just haven't seen this movie has,
0: congrats, Jack
3: has normal motor skills that a six-year-old has. <laughs> oh, this is horrible.
0: This is horrible. Normal motor skills. You don't have normal motor skills to skate like that. You have highly advanced chimpanzee motor skills. Highly advanced. No, no.
3: no. I, know, bet scored do, more, I bet bet scored do, more points ch- in youth Z basketball right than
0: right you. RDT, RDT scored more points in youth basketball than you. That's all I'm saying. That's not That's. that's – I'm sorry you're so, upset. Sorry. No, I'm not frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not frustrated. I'm just right. RDT's e. frustrated. It's sad. It's sad to watch him die on the hill. It really kid. is. I like him. I'm not. You're mad. a good guy, and, you're, and, e. and uh, you're a tremendous father, and I would hope that you show you you would show your child MVP's two movies. I hope you've already watched Air Bud.
3: Because oh, let me take you, poll what, going, it, my poll is not going my way right now. It, it, it'll
0: it'll make you, it'll make you very afraid of clowns. All right, freaks. Banks took Vernon Davis, um, bah, 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 bah. Larry Allen, Ivan Drago, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell, by the way, under the radar, great pick. A gigantic human mm-hmm. being who was a great pick. I love that pick from you, Banks. Good local pick. And uh, Babe Ruth, RDT took Chris Johnson, Deion Sanders, Julius Pepper, Sean Merriman, and Calvin Johnson. One of the more boring drafts you'll find. And I took Brock Lesnar, Bo Jackson, um Usain Bolt, Airbud, and Jack from the MVP movies and one of the more exciting drafts you'll find. Any honorable mentions? I have Michael Phelps.
1: <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd probably go Randy Moss over Calvin Johnson. I mean, Calvin had a little more size in terms of width and weight, I guess. But Randy Moss, you literally used the term Moss during your explanation. So there you have it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I tried to pick out people who just had singular skills that were impressive that just weren't necessarily – they just weren't necessarily great players. So, Willie Mopena came to mind. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, big Willie Mopena guy. Um, Tony Mandarich, I think he's just kind of a um, synonymous with just kind of a combine hero workout guy. Uh, Jamarcus Russell, too, just him slanging that thing on one knee, as he will do. So – I had a bunch more that popped in my head while we were going, and e- I can't remember them right now. But
0: there were some, there were some dunkers I almost threw in there, like Spud Webb is a is ridiculous. Yeah. Is like, Nate Robinson. Oh, Nate Robinson. Yeah, some of the, like the shorter dunkers. And Then you just have like, I mean, I'm shocked RDT didn't take LeBron. I think that's a that's a stain on RDT's reputation. I thought about it.
3: He's an incredible uh,
0: athlete. I would agree. Uh, like James Flight White, Zach Levine. Some of these guys can absolutely they can jump through the roof. Are are very. Green.
1: You know who has yeah. the fourth uh, fourth highest vertical in NBA Combine history? Another two sport guy. Ooh, what year? I don't have the exact year, but I would guess. Yeah, I don't
3: know. <laughs> Can I get another hint?
1: I would guess it's around 2015. College. That'll give it away. Oh. Um. Mm. A college with a lot of two sport guys.
0: 2015. Ooh, I don't know.
1: Uh, Pat Connaughton. Go ahead.
0: Wow. Oh. Pat Connaughton's a hell of an athlete. That's yeah. fair. Hell of an athlete. Any other honorable mentions?
3: Marja, just uh, Hayward. Samarja. <laughs> Samarja, Hayward Bay. Um, I mean Pat Lamar. There is Hayward Bay's. Um, uh, Right up on from NFL.com Strength Um, Exceptional straight line speed Opponents must account for his deep speed on every play Too fast off the snap for most defenders To challenge and press Long lean athlete Has the agility to make every play in space Reads the field, blah, blah, blah Um, Questionable toughness running across the middle Lacks strength and consistent effort As a downfield blocker Those are all his strengths I don't know why those last ones are listed under strength His weaknesses, it just says no Might be a Michael Scott
2: situation. My weaknesses are really my strengths.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, Um, He was fun.
1: DK Metcalf, I feel, is one of the bigger, like, combine slash, here's one picture of me shirtless. Boom, I'm up the everybody's draft board 30 spots because of this picture type of Mm -hmm. thing.
3: That, and then it was the big. That picture next to Hunter Renfro and these gotta play this position.
1: Yeah.
0: Um you have also just like a, a million Olympians we could talk about here, like some of these decathletes like Brian Clay or Ashton Eaton. Like those guys are insane athletes. Brian Boitano. Sure. Boitano's a stud. The the quad king, Nathan Chen, want to get into the winner? True, true. Saquon well, Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> Natural Nathan Chen to Saquon Barkley transition. <laughs> Every Squat podcast. Yeah, it's true. It's
2: very, very true.
1: Jake, what we do you, you got? Um
2: uh, I didn't really think of any. Hmm. John Daly. Freed. True. <laughs> true,
1: true, true. Yeah. yeah that's uh, fair.
2: Yeah. That was kinda one kind of one that came we to should mind
1: do maybe we should do an absolute Hoss draft.
2: he he'd be in conversation for number one overall, I think.
1: He There's some professional sure wrestlers that would be in there. Just hosses. Professional wrestlers. Loss. And let's, not, let's try to do as little as we can to define what a hoss is and
2: just roll this. Yeah, let's put a pin in hosses. I want to get to that at some point soon.
1: Yeah. That's
3: a good summer one. That's a good summer, like middle of summer, nothing going on.
2: You got to think the PMT guys did that in like a Dog Days of Summer, like 2017, you know, podcast.
3: The like unit, unit's draft.
2: Yeah.
1: I think. Nick. I think Borstel Chicago did did like a a dude's draft or something like that without really defining it. But anyways, go ahead, Taylor. And do your intro. No, I was going to kick it to
0: the Nick Hitter-Medley. Cantor- I'm glad you threw that That's in there. Yeah, that is probably, That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, Nick Hitter-Medley, Nick Cantor- um, Maryland person of the week. Uh, Banks, I'll start with you. Why not?
1: mm I'm pulling an Eric from a couple weeks ago.
3: Have go,
0: I have out one. I have one. Wow, RDT, me go right ahead.
3: I'm taking Masson. Thank you for oh. putting on a wonderful product for us today. <laughs> I, I really appreciated it on TV. And, again, watching it on mute, everything was great. I didn't I didn't care about the sound, the, the the pitch clock at all. Um, and I was just happy to have baseball on my TV. I was very grateful and thankful. And shout out to Masson.
0: wow that that sucked um I'm gonna take uh <laughs> I'm, gonna take, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take I talked about this before the show um I was in Minneapolis this weekend um, for the big Ten women's basketball tournament um and simultaneously Maryland baseball was playing in a a multi team tournament, not tournament that you just play a team each day. They're not really in a tournament format. It's just teams playing um, at US Bank Stadium where the Vikings play. And I was telling you guys, and I so I will make this because I just have enjoyed talking about the last few days. One of the more beautiful athletic venues of any sort I've ever been in, like a marvel of like a modern stadium it was incredible like from the outside it was incredible inside it was incredible and i saw it as a baseball stadium i can't even imagine what it looks like as a football stadium with all the seats in the proper places um really cool minneapolis and banks said this before we were on minneapolis very cool city
1: and it's a very delays. clean city
0: very clean um they have the sky ways too which is very fun we walked from our hotel to the target center for each game in the skyway so you just don't have to go outside because it's freezing um, so I like Minneapolis, and I've been there like five or six times, but never been to U.S. Bank Stadium, only had been to the University of Minnesota, been to Target Field, been to the Target Center, but first time in there. Very, very cool. And we were saying like, there's this new wave of these like stadiums, that one, uh, Mercedes-Benz is probably in there in Atlanta, SoFi in LA, where they're just, I mean, just marvels of of architecture and engineering and all those other things it's it was wild it was very cool to be in there unfortunately the terps took a couple l's lost to vanderbilt no miss when i was there but it happens well,
1: they lost to y yeah. too didn't they
0: lost to y too yeah what lost They're four and seven so it's tough, tough schedules
1: they'll run the table so, uh in the big so it's fine
0: yeah we'll be fine
1: uh i'm just gonna take the arnold palmer invitational it's just an awesome tournament that really delivers every single year Um, I'm always amazed because I do that preview on Barstool and I look at the previous tournaments and I do my research and this tournament has come down to one stroke like 12 times this century, but has never been in a playoff. Like somehow everything gets decided on 18 and we just don't end up in a playoff, which I guess is not all that exciting, but there's something to be said about, um, you know, some just ended on schedule and getting the heck out of there. I think Jake actually made a point about the the, the John Bones Jones fight ending on Saturday to that to extent, where it's like, oh, this is over. I can go home. This is sweet. Um, but yeah, just a great tournament where you had tons of big names in contention there, and they're all duking it out. And it's a tough stretch with like borderline U.S. Open conditions, deep rough, challenging layout. Um, they give you kind of a bone there with the 16th hole, with the you know par five where you can score on it, and then the rest of it. It's challenging and guys are making bogeys and struggling to get a number into the clubhouse. And, um, big, big shout out to Kurt Kitayama for getting that, that job done, but it's just a tournament that I'm excited to watch every single year. And Taylor said this before about other golf tournaments and like our group chats, but it's very cool to go to a golf tournament and see a golf course in person and just get a feel for the layout and how the holes are kind of situated amongst each other. And then going home and seeing that tournament on TV, in years that follow. So I'll have the same type of experience watching the players this week. I'm very excited for the players championship. Um, golf is in a great place. They announced a bunch of those changes, um, to the PGA tour as they've been kind of tinkering with it from year to year. The, uh, the whole no cut thing I think is, um, pretty unpopular. And I, I tend to agree with that, um, general consensus, but, um, either way, I think the tour is just, Week in and week out, getting great results, and, and whereas Live just continues to kind of spin its wheels and put out these TV ratings that are kind of flimsy at best. So, um, I don't know, big week this week down in, in Ponte Vedra Beach.
2: Going to be interesting if defending champion Cam Smith gets out there as a, a spectator, as he said he might.
1: Yeah. I blogged that today. I mean, I don't think he's actually going to do it, but what do they turn him away at the door? Like, like, I don't I don't know how they would go about that.
2: Yeah. Maybe he, maybe he's not a lot. He's there's buzz that he has been not like pretty much disallowed from like all the country clubs and stuff down there. Like he lives right there. And, um,
1: yeah, you know. they, um, when they like suspended him or whatever, I think that, they put out a statement saying that it wasn't just TPC sawgrass, but all TPC properties he's disallowed from, which is pretty damning. And he, he, you know, lives around the corner and he, it was pretty much his home course where he practiced and trained and did all of his things for the PGA tour, which is why it was such a, I don't know, heartwarming. That's probably an over the top adjective to describe it, but it was a storyline last year when he won, it was like, Oh, guy knows the course guy wins at his home course. Um, Finally, has his family in town from Australia after not being able to see him for a couple of years, and he wins the damn thing. It was a great story, and then um, a few months later, they're they're digging up his parking spot and just putting the tour members only sign there in its place. So, I'm excited to we'll see for the if players. he shows up. Fun. The player is going to be very fun. The, it's actually not just Cam Smith, but the top three finishers last year are all not there. It's Anirban Lahiri. Also went to live, which I mean he absolutely cashed in because his his career was in the tank for a little bit there. And then Paul Casey um was struggling. He had injuries and stuff. And out of nowhere, he like backdoored as as backdoored Paul Casey does. He backdoored a third place finish last year and then hit the shelf again. And next thing you know, he's on live going into this year. So
2: yeah, that guy is yeah, you, you can take him, take him away. I'm good on Paul Casey.
1: You have a problem with Paul Casey? I mean what's what's the dig on Paul Casey?
2: You heard any of the uh, behind the scenes stuff with him? It's not good. Apparently just a, a apparently just like really like a nice guy to your face but will like just kind of kind of be a dick behind your back and like he like treats like service people not very well and uh yeah, just a, huh. a very very phony kind of guy, which I know you're big against phonies.
1: Big fat phonies. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm a, I'm a little <laughs> bit surprised to hear that, but um so be it. His, his caddy is such like a likable seeming dude. Yeah. Johnny Lawn But is he a dick too from what you've heard? Or?
2: No. I mean, and listen, I'm, I'm talking about like, you know, I am I get deep into these golf podcasts and like I, I'm talking about listening to people that have heard stuff. I personally am not hearing anything. You would probably be closer to that yeah. than me. But um, just, yeah, through, through secondary sources. Sure. Well, he's Any gone, horrible so. mentions.
0: <laughs> he golf. Here you go. I was I was going to take honorable mention. I was going to take <laughs> also not an unbelievable human, but I think he brings a lot to this particular sport. Uh, I was going to take John Jones. I thought that was a very impressive thing that he did on Saturday night, um, which is kind of what was going to happen. Like, Cyril Ghan had really no chance to grapple with him, and he just grappled with him and choked him out. But um, good to have him back in MMA. It's more interesting when he's involved.
2: Great undercard, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I in, I almost bought it in Minneapolis and then we, our game ended too late or we went out and our game ended I was like, I'm not buying this, but yeah. MMA is I a, told- besides the, like all the tangential things about MMA, like, you know, Dana White doing things in his personal life that don't get scrutiny and things like that. MMA in a very good place from like a entertainment product standpoint. It is a very, very, very entertaining week to week when it's off.
1: So I turned in, you know, I, that just shows how wash I am that both that I turned in and that I used the term turned in on Saturday night before that. Hay. ended.
2: What's that? You hit the hay. I hit the hay. Yeah,
1: it did. Um, caught some Z's. Uh, I woke up to like the text, like the ESPN notification that he won. And the thing said wins in his first fight in three plus years. And I said this to you, Jake yesterday, actually, uh, I think on the putting green at over at Timbers at Troy. Um, How much sense does it make for for somebody to not fight for three years or not participate in their sport and then just show up and have an opportunity to be the champion? Like That seems like a farce for me as a sport. Like It doesn't really seem right to me that he should have that type of opportunity. I understand that he's a very accomplished and controversial figure in the sport and everything, but that doesn't sit right with me.
0: It's so a sport that doesn't function really as a meritocracy in some cases. Like if you are a draw, you at times get opportunities. But in the case of John Jones, he has all of the credentials to get this opportunity for a title that is, you know, was on Francis Sagano. He left the company. So they were crowning a heavyweight champion. This is a guy that is arguably the greatest fighter in the history of the sport. I wasn't really a fan. I, maybe it's a marketing move by them of the UFC going all in on him being the goat when like one of the best parts of sports is the debate on who's the goat. So why is the company, would you be like, and and, like Joe Rogan's like now the goat it's John Jones. And like, he probably is, but like you have your George St. Pierre people and your Anderson Silva people. And like, you
2: know, just who he's like, he's going to have to fight for the heavyweight is like sitting right there too.
0: Yeah. So it's like, I don't know why I'm assuming they did it as like a, now everyone that fights John Jones is fighting quote unquote, the goat. So somebody that, Quote you know, to use a wrestling term, gets the rub by beating him, gets the rub of beating the greatest of all time. That was weird that, like, even their Twitter was like, oh, it's the GOAT. It's like, George St. Pierre did this same thing, like, two or three years ago. Like, he came back from a giant layoff and beat Michael Bisping at a higher weight. And Michael Bisping was probably a livelier challenger than, and a, you know, a style match. Maybe they were both style matchups that both those guys could handle. And that's part of the reason they got the opportunity because the UFC was hoping one would win for the, you know, Buzz and the hope they never got another fight out of Saint Pierre, so it didn't work out. But they'll get more fights out of Jones and make more money. But yeah, I mean, this is just, this is boxing and MMA. This is combat sports. Like, if you're a guy that can has the credentials and get up, like you're going to get opportunities. Over like they just had this with Leon Edwards, where Leon Edwards at you know one and one and one couldn't get opportunity because nobody knew who he was, and finally did, and he beat he beat Kamar Uzman. But like, yeah, it's just a different. Type I, of sport. I I don't.
1: don't- know. I don't fail to understand that. I don't care for it, I guess is what I'm saying.
0: That's fair. I think there are other people that would say the same, which is why like PFL is trying to do like a tournament system where you like everything is based on like fighting your way to the top that way and they're not just like making matchups. But eventually that fails because you're just trying to create matchups that gets people either buy pay-per-views or tune in. So Right. It's the one advantage that a sport like might has because they can just go out and make the fight. They don't have to like be the NFL and hope that it's the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC Championship game. They can just do the Chiefs right. and the Bills if they want. Take advantage of that. So, any other honorable mentions? Dead or alive?
1: Dead or alive? Um, I had the sheet up. I think all the ones that. Considered saying, I am not sure whether we've done them or not. So maybe I'll just start rattling them off. And the first one that you don't know, I guess, let me know. Dick Van Dyke. Dead. Did we do that? Did we do that one? Dead. I think.
2: Yeah, I think we did it. Didn't we do it like? I think. I think we. Did we I think we did on the five-man weave, right?
1: Well, that wasn't the one that we we did on that.
2: Maybe you guys did it without me.
1: I don't know. I think dead. Well, he's alive. So you guys are a bunch of suckers. All right. Well, then yeah, we definitely didn't
2: do it because we remember.
1: Who did we do? Would did we do Shatner for the five man weave? I know we did
3: it, but was that the one? Yeah, we did it. Because he's like ninety three or ninety
1: four. No, we brought it back up when they were on because it was it was the week before because we remember we were just shitting on the uh, the other astronaut or whatever.
3: Yeah, I do recall.
1: Maybe I didn't even do one. I, th- I think you skipped it last week.
3: I think we did skip it last week. I think you said something like uh, that, that
1: would be in bad taste, so we're just not going to do it. So but do we you have did one, or we? Wait- yeah, because Dick like, Van Dyke so was it, and you guys were so all so we're wrong. So.
0: By the way, speaking of Dickie V, I'll end on this. I don't know if you can roll to his Twitter real quick, Jake, and pull off the college tennis tweet he put up the other day. It is one of the most random tweets I've ever seen from anyone about any topic. Dickie V goes on this like giant rant about like why college tennis matches can't be completed. I think it's like two days ago maybe. It's It is a wild tweet. Why? If, if we can end on this real quick, yeah, you are you to, guys still a fan of listening <laughs> listening to Dicky V on games? Are you guys yeah. still in on the Dickie it, B experience? I think I am too. It's I'm like a it.
2: it's like mm-hmm. a warm blanket, right? It's like Vern at sixteen yeah. at Augusta. It's like you know he's maybe yeah. not you know still bringing it necessarily, but it's kind of it's nostalgic.
3: I like I I, I got big on a like anti Dicky V thing like maybe three or four years ago, and then like at the SBs this last year when they did like the whole video on him and the cancer and all that, I was like, I can't, I can't hate this guy anymore. Like I I like him again.
0: Here it is on the screen. One of the most horrible rules is in college tennis. Also, he puts most horrible rules in all caps is in college. Tennis is I can't comprehend letting players battle for two hours and then stop a match because a team has won four out of seven points. Also no ad use, not real tennis in all caps. Everything is done to speed up and end the match. Does anyone agree? And then I love that ESPN tennis analyst Darren Cahill comes with like a super reasonable response about how he agrees with Dick. It's so good. Like I love that Dick just fired this off. That Schwab
1: just says yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he he's there's no chance he's writing his
2: own tweets, right? This one he does. Look at oh, look at the, look at the he punctuation is. here.
1: Yeah, it, it. I think he does oh. too. There's a period before the word does. and I mean he. I don't know. I guess. They really don't have advantage um, in college tennis?
0: I think they do when I've watched college tennis, but maybe I'm making that up.
1: Well, if they don't, it's not real tennis.
3: Yeah. Does anyone agree?
1: I guess I'll throw mention it out of mention to break point as well. I watched that Netflix series. It was good. I enjoyed it. Taylor, did you, have you watched that yet? I haven't gotten to it. I didn't need to. Did have, I'm sure somebody has told you the last episode is just straight up Rafa porn.
0: Yeah, I have heard. I need to get it's to that. Just, I love Rafa. Yeah. That's you my would guy. very
1: much enjoy. Uh,
0: one of my regrets, because it's just going to happen, I think, is I'm never going to have watched Rafa live. I'm trying to find a time to see him. I should have tried to figure out to get when he was in D.C. last year. I should have gone. I don't know what the heck. The mm. tickets were so expensive. But I want to see him live so bad. I have seen, I saw Federer live. I would You're love not going to be Rafa too
1: far live. from him in the near future, aren't you?
0: uh yeah and you know two weeks i'm in portugal for a week so i will be close to him
1: what's the uh, what's in portugal
0: um we uh maryland men's soccer is doing an international trip to portugal uh so mm. we're playing three games there um over spring break so i will be there with them uh i will probably not be on the pod that week so you guys are you guys can you know figure out that i'm gone but i would assume i will not be in
2: spring break in portugal wow. for the Smythe man that sounds dangerous yeah,
0: should be a fun time. I'm excited. I've never been to the I'll Iberian. Pop on over to Mallorca. Yeah, I mean, I could. i me and Rafa could, you know, grab some coffee or something. I don't drink coffee, but we could do that. So
2: a dangerous um, match crew. You
0: know, whatever. Whatever. Maybe have a hit. You know, I'm not really a good tennis player, but loved you know, pop the ball around with 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 Rafa. Maybe Uncle Tony gets involved. Um, love Uncle Tony.
1: Uncle Tony was was very much all up in that um, documentary.
0: Izzy? Oh, love me see. Yeah, there, it's really good.
1: That part That's was really good. I had no idea about that type of background. It was yeah. that episode, that last episode with uh, Felix and everything.
0: Yeah. So excited for that. Um you should to be dial that up for the flight over. Yeah. No, I'm definitely gonna I gotta knock out I gotta watch Outer Banks too. I haven't gotten to that either. So. I'm
1: halfway through, so
0: yeah. Have you watched you any of back? it? I haven't. I might start it after we finish recording. Oh, yeah, I might watch it. Sarah
1: Cameron is.
0: Oh, no. I don't want to. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Would you still die for John B? That's all. I, I would know. absolutely die for John B. <laughs> yes. Jay Bizzle. Did me? Yeah. I'd go to South America with John B. I don't like that reaction about about Sarah Cameron, though. That's not Sarah good. Sarah
1: Cameron is. Oh, boy. Stock down.
0: just. No. Oh, no. <laughs> the the down arrows. Not good. It's not good. Are you are you no BX guy? RDT. No. no. <laughs> I like how you initially shook your head. Like people listening, you. you're just like just disgruntled, no, the head.
3: I've never yeah. seen that show. Mm.
0: Um, you should watch it. And with that, we end this edition of the X Two Podcast. Um, follow us on social media. Um, at Barstow Banks at E D I T T I twenty two, you can follow me at Taylor ten. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Exit fifty two podcasts on all of your social media platforms. Some great, um, some great content coming from that. Uh, you can follow great stuff from our production coordinator. All things behind the scenes on this one. Jake Luke, thanks so much. You can Follow him at. Jake, and then your last name spelled L O U Q U E. Bang. Follow him as well. Um, sponsors Jimmy Seafood, Red Level Midnight, Fed Thrill. Dread Level Midnight and Fed Thrill is always a tongue twister for me. I don't know how I haven't messed that up more. I should separate them with, with Jimmy Seafood in between. I don't know why I do it the way that I do it. Also, uh, investors, possibly you. Yeah, um, Jake, you and Spenny will be recording when this week?
2: Uh, I believe tomorrow night. He's dealing with a little bit of food poisoning right now, from what I understand. So once oh, he gets wow. that, once he gets that tum tum in order, then I think we'll be able to. But I will also be out of pocket this weekend down the ocean. So hopefully we'll be able wow. to. Wow, a little ocean a little city, down the ocean. Love
0: mm. that. Love that. Yearly Can't tradition for,
2: for for St. Patty's Day this time of year, like lines up with a friend's birthday. So crashing on a couch, maybe having a few sodas. It'll be a good time.
0: Love to hear that. That sounds tremendous. I cannot mm-hmm. wait to get back down to the beach um, as I think I can speak for everyone involved with the podcast and all of our listeners. Thanks everyone who showed support by the way. We haven't been on, at least I haven't been since the announcement we did. Tons of awesome support from everybody that endorsed um, the, the project we put together here and um, some great initial feedback and stuff that we've done and it's only going to get bigger and better. So That was really cool to see, um, especially for um, the two the two beatdown guys, you guys, you know, everyone, you know, from your listener base, you know, wanting to come over and continue to listen and embracing us. That was cool stuff. So appreciate that support from everyone who made sure to like, re- rate, review the pod, um, communicate with us. Um I know RDT, you said you were down where somewhere and someone came up to you and said they love the pod. Um yeah. so wanna give a shout out to that. To Looney's, right? It.
3: Looney Looney's Maple Lawn yesterday, watching the Terps absolutely choke it away. Oh,
0: painful.
1: I don't even want to be around anymore.
0: That's a perfect (laughs) way to end it. We'll see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood.